The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Welcome to NXT, The Rise and Fall, a look back podcast on, I suppose, the black and gold era of NXT. My name is Sai, and joining me this week and every week is the the more educated and well-informed and the person you really want to hear from when it comes to looking back on NXT, Joshua Goodwin, my friend. Glad you are returning, and I didn't put you off after episode one. Oh, well, I don't know. That put me on blushing. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, no, great it, 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 all true mate all true i'm gonna say it's great great to be here great to be part of the uh sjp world media great to be here with the iron man of podcasting mr saipal <laughs> iron man mate if you ever saw me properly i'm far too wobbly to be described as being made of iron lamange <laughs> no, man maybe I, I, <laughs> so how, how many podcasts do you do a week now you are the iron man ah, of podcasting. i i got a few i got a few <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Today's episode of NXT, The Rise on Four, we are looking at the June 27th, 2012 episode of NXT TV. Uh, again, comes from Forsyth University. And this starts with a bang because there's no introductions. There's no, well, last week we had Jim Ross and Dusty Rhodes coming out. We had uh, video packages and so on. This starts off straight away with a bit of wrestling, Josh, doesn't it? Sure does. We get uh, the debut of one Seth Rollins from Davenport, Iowa. Heavy metal enthusiast, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It, it seems like Jim Ross, I, I suppose not just Jim Ross, but commentators of a certain era, they kind of, anyone who likes certain type of music, they get called a heavy metal enthusiast, and that is just how they just broadly, you know, say that's what that's what they're into, that's that, they're, they are what they are, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the last heavy metal enthusiast we had was Van Hammer, and that didn't go so well. Uh, don't don't <laughs> talk to me about Van Hammer. People who <laughs> listen to a few other shows will know my thoughts on Van Hammer. Uh, <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins here is facing somebody called Jiro, J-I-R-O. Some... Yeah, do you know what? I googled him. I got nothing. So this is his career highlight. Yeah. <laughs> That was it. I looked at him and I thought, okay, you get a lot of these Japanese wrestlers that sort of, I can't remember the term they use, but they go elsewhere, don't they? For oh, They go on excursions. That's, that's right. Thank you. That's right. Excursion. Yeah. So you have some that, you know, have gone to TNA, Mexico and so on. I thought maybe this was this guy's excursion, but there isn't much about him at all, is there? No. And to be honest, watching this, I can, you know, I wouldn't want to be involved after that, to be honest. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I was... <laughs> 
we have Byron Saxton joining Jim Ross on commentary this week. A little bit disappointed that William Regal wasn't there at the beginning of the episode. That sort of was a bit of a diner from, from what we had last week. But okay, fair enough. Jim Ross is still there. So that brings a smile to me on some aspects. Uh, this is just really quick, isn't it? Very quick match. Lots of kicks and high-flying moves from Rollins. And then it just kind of ends. There was a bit of wrestling. They chopped each other for a bit. And I... I Oh man, I very strongly dislike that spot as just as a thing. Like I dislike the whole you hit me, so I get mad and then I let you hit me again. Mm. I think it's stupid and wrong myself. I'm not okay. a fan. You see a lot um, of it in New Japan, don't you? The sort of trading the, forearms and stuff. Yeah, and I again, I I can't say as it's wrong in terms of like if it it works very much in Japan. It's very much like a fighting spirit thing. You know, look at how tough I am, um, how you can't break my iron will. But for me, it's very much a protect yourself at all times kind mm-hmm. of thing because we're still in a fight, or yes. at least we're supposed to be in a fight. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of those, like, just trading strikes. It can be done in the right way. For me, standing there and going, ah, is not the right way to defend yourself. No, no. I mean, if that was like, you know, Daniel Local Weatherspoons or whatever, and somebody <laughs> started on you, it wouldn't, wouldn't you know, fare very well, would you? So <laughs> I'm, I'm putting my hands up if someone comes at me at the local Weatherspoons because they've probably been there all day. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> Especially in Gloucester. Rollins <laughs> <laughs> uh, wins with what becomes the stomp, I guess, in, in mm-hmm. later years. Uh, it kind of, it was quite high, wasn't it, to be fair? Yeah, I think this is definitely something that he improves as he goes. Like, this one was a bit of a blur for me. It, right. it, it didn't. And I think also without we have the context of it mm-hmm. looking at it. But if I was there in 2012, I'd be like, is that it? Is that the, is that the yeah. finish? Looks kind of blah. Mm. You know? And maybe that's just me, but I, I didn't care for it myself. No, I get you. I get you. It's nice to see Seth though. I mean, I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. It's nice to um, see Seth. It's nice to see him doing his little head banging thing. Yeah. <laughs> Great fun. Exactly. Something that I find really good, though, that I really enjoyed is when Seth's match finished, he walked up the ramp and was effectively going to be, I suppose, interviewed. And he says a few words. But whilst this is happening... He says nothing, Si. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. He says words, they they were of no consequence. He's going to pull the clouds out of the sky and change the world one heart at a time. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It, It sounds like some kind of it, it sounds like some sort of rock band where the, the 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 songwriter is just trying too hard to be clever those mm. sort of lines you know fallout boy maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, as this is happening though we get jinder mahal making his entrance and he exchanges a glance with seth rollins as he walks past now, that i quite enjoyed because it was very much a case of one segment of the show literally flowed into the other. They they overlapped, but there wasn't any kind of proper altercation. There was just enough there to make you think, oh, okay, so it's gonna happen between these guys or not. And and then we're on to the next moment, which was which was Jinder Mahal wrestling. Yeah, it's um it's very much an old trope, actually, where you have sort of a half an altercation. It used to be done to sort of gauge the temperature of the audience. Right, yeah. So let's say you've got, let's say you've got Triple H walking down a hallway. Let's say you've got Sheamus walking down the other end of a hallway, and they both look at each other, and then you see what the crowd do, and then next week you either build on it or you completely ignore it because it fell flat. Yeah, I see. Um, that makes a lot of sense. But also, as you say, it's a very useful um, thing to be done in terms of you know it. You can go somewhere with it, or you can drop it, and it's fine. And it didn't. Mm. It doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. Well, uh, again, it's 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 a tool that they could use or not, I guess, depending on the situation as it as it advances potentially. So, yeah, I wish they do a little bit more of that sort of thing rather it, than starting storylines and then it, just abandoning them. <laughs> it's a lot more organic as well. Yeah. Like it's a lot more believable that two wrestlers would run into each other than to have, you know, oh well, I'm 
rabble, 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 and then, you know, music, and then, well, I'm going to say what I have. It's a lot more stagey, I guess, would be the way I'd think of it. Mm. But with but this, again, it feels a lot more organic. It feels like something yeah. that's a lot more, a lot less contrived. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's kind of what I'm here for as well. I want to suspend my disbelief, I guess. I want to be invested in what I'm seeing on the screen. So if it does feel more organic and more real, the better for me, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Because it it could definitely be looked at as like a oh, I don't know if that was supposed to happen. Mm. Like if some if you're out there talking and someone music hits and you dramatically turn to face the you know the Tron and then you know it's like yeah, this is part of the show. But that yeah, maybe not. Very subtle and clever little tool. Um, mm-hmm. Jinder Mahal is facing Jason Jordan, who obviously we thought we were going to see wrestle last week, but didn't actually because Damien Sandai decided otherwise. Uh, mm-hmm. This match is very much keeping in the, the the sort of system we're getting at the moment from NXT that we saw last week on the show and already this week with Seth Rollins' debut as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's effectively, effectively, it's a squash, isn't it? Would- Jinder Mahal... He's, he's on the. I mean, there's one moment where Jordan kind of gets a bit more in when Jinder misses a knee drop, but very quickly it flicks back to being Mahal on the advantage again. I would say it was an extended squash, yeah. Mm. Like it wasn't especially competitive. Jordan hit a nice drop kick and then missed the next one. Um, and it was, it was pretty much one way traffic, which you kind of need, you know, if we're trying to make Jinder a big deal. You, you kind of got to, you know, I think Kevin Sullivan said, some must die so that others may live. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I suppose on that on that note then, again, we sort of digress a little bit, but you sort of popped a question in my head. The old method, very much from sort of WWE prime time and superstars and so on, and then back in Jim Crockett promotion days and you know, sort of mid-Atlantic TV and all those sort of things, the, the old system i guess of having the the enhancement talent i mean i suppose jobbers some people use the phrase i'm not a big fan of that but you have these guys who are hired effectively to to lose to the names they're trying to establish now how does that sit with you because i think it has a place in the business but then if you're beating somebody who hasn't really got a name of their own, are you beating anyone at all in a way? What's your take on that? Cause it's very much something that's, it, it, it's main, it's disappeared a great deal from the business, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's uh, not as prevalent as it used to be. Um, first of all, I've got no problem with the term jobber if it's used correctly. Okay. The term jobber meant that it was someone who just came and was paid to do the TV show because they weren't going to go and do the live events. Right. And it was a job. So when, when you beat someone, you're not doing a job, you're doing a favor. Mm-hmm. However, again, these sort of things have gotten lost to, to time and, you know, people misremember or are misinformed. So a jobber was someone who just turned up to do the TV, who was the guy who got beaten up and he would get paid to do that because he wasn't going to then go and make the loop with everyone else, which is where they make money. So actually, if you see Ric Flair wrestling George South back in the day, George South was probably making more money for that than Flair was. Right. Okay. Flair was doing all the towns and making. So, um, yeah. So to answer that first question, that's jobbers. Um, do I think they have a place? I do. I, you know, I, I, think again some must die so that others may live i think that sometimes you have to have those sort of matches so you get people on tv without giving away your bigger matches especially Mm. during a period of time when you made your hat you made your money at the live events and so if you put you know you if you put rick flair versus magnum ta on your tv it's not necessarily going to draw as well when it goes around the loop yeah. Um, so I think in that regard, and also you don't want to, you don't want to have to beat your stars every day. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I always remember it being when I was a kid and I used to go around my nan's house and that's where I'd catch WWF challenge or whatever. Mate, mate. It tended to be on around the same time as the Simpsons on sky that my uncle had in his bedroom, didn't there? around six o'clock or five o'clock or something like that. 
I look back and I kind of think of it as levels now because you had your, your your jobbers or your enhancement talent or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you'd have your, your new killer heel coming in. Say, for example, Yokozuna, because that's very sort of my yep. 92-ish, my sort of time. They'd come in and they'd squash a few of those. And then they'd step up to the next level, which was effectively like a Virgil or uh, maybe a yeah. Jim Duggan on some levels. Mm-hmm. And they beat those as well. And they were there, obviously, to... It's almost like advancing that that killer heel until they went up the card, faced whoever they were supposed to, and then sort of worked their way back down the card again. I think that is that tried and tested method. I think could work really, really well with certain characters when they when they come into WWE or AEW now, because I think WWE for a long time had the a lot of people online call it 50-50 booking, where. Yeah you're beating such and such one week, but then you, you've got to lose to him next week to make sure that, you know, he doesn't lose his heat or everyone's okay. And if, if you know, nobody looks weak or however they want to earn it, but nobody gets, nobody accomplishes anything do they? Nobody gets hotter or gains any momentum because as soon as they win a couple, they've lost a couple. Everyone sort of stays in the same spot. Mm. And I think there's this big, like a trail of thought where it's like, okay, well, if you, if you lose, you look bad, right? Yeah. And that can be the case, but I prefer to look at it as if you're a name and you're, and you're losing to someone, you're doing the favor for someone. It's not necessarily that you're looking bad. It's that they're looking good. So for example, to bring it to real life, I don't know how much you know about MMA. Um, uh, very little, but, but go on. So, so Conor McGregor, beats Jose Aldo in a matter of seconds. It doesn't mean that Jose Aldo is a bad fighter. It means Conor McGregor is a good one. Mm -hmm. And because like a guy like Aldo has years and years of, he's built that cachet again, the word cachet where like he's won, you know, X amount of fights. He's a big name. He's been displayed as skilled and talented. And then the next guy is able to like, catch him and beat him it doesn't mean that he's bad it means that you know the other guy's good so in in wrestling if let's say you bring in magnum ta and he's facing middle sort of like tully blanchard if bell goes tully blanchard steams in magnum catches him with a belly to belly it doesn't mean that tully's a jobber it means that magnum's really good Mm-hmm. You know, it's about elevating people instead of putting them down, right? That would right. be the way I'd look at it anyway. Yeah, okay. I also think sometimes you get, or you did get anyway, guys who... <sighs> you mentioned there about people losing and some people thinking it hurts them. And we're talking about people online, aren't we? Fans in the, the IWC or Twitter or whatever who, who have these strong opinions that aren't always necessarily well thought out. But... Mm-hmm. You also, to me, get the opposite effect of that, where where you get guys who are, for want of a better term, who, who are Teflon, where a defeat won't hurt them. Yep. But then would too many defeats eventually wear that away? I think it depends on the character. Okay. So, actually, this is an interesting... Because around 2012, Chris Jericho came out on the losing end of almost every feud he was in. And then you get to Elimination Chamber, I want to say 2013, where he wins the world title and no one thinks it's ridiculous because mm. it's Christian. You know, but I think there are other characters where wins and losses are more important. Um, the one that sprung to mind is Ryback, where because he's a big, powerful dude or just because of like elements of that character he has to win yeah and if okay look bad i think the road warriors would be another example goldberg yeah goldberg was the one that popped in my head actually yeah yeah like it, it did take away for him to lose into like or for him to lose clean like if he just gets beat flat it does take something away from that aura but i also think there are other characters where a loss doesn't matter yeah i get you I suppose taking everything on an individual case potentially. Yeah, it's, 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 it's funny how some people online they kind of 
they kind of just band everything all together, don't they? And don't think of things through uh, with regards to an individual, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think you shouldn't look at wrestling in a vacuum. Mm. Context is key, right? And I yeah. think too often we just look at that match and go, well, blah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Mahal wins here, beating Jason Jordan with the camel clutch. Very mm-hmm. simple move, very old school move, but I enjoy this. You ever been put in a camel clutch? I have. It hurts. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> can, can, you, can you get out of a camel I've I've won a legit fight with a camel clutch. Have you so, really? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, brilliant. You know, it works. But so. it is so it is so simple, isn't it? And it is something that I picture the Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter and going way back. So when I saw it here on NXT, I was like, oh, that's a proper old school throwback. That's an old, that's a very, I don't want to say old fashioned, like it's a bad thing because it's really not, but I, I suppose vintage would be a better term, a, a proper old vintage style move, but it's, it's bloody brilliant. And it's a move. Cause you mentioned last week, it's a move that is still a finish. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's always been a finish and it's still, rem- it's not been watered down or diluted like say a DDT. Yeah. It's lost its luster like a super kick. I, I just think there's something to be said for uh, submissions to be able to retain their, uh, I don't know, their overness, as it were, or their effectiveness or perceived effectiveness because yeah. they they still work, right? Mm-hmm. It still yeah. hurts. And you um, think, no, it's, it's 2022. Bret Hart won his first world title 30 years ago mm-hmm. with the sharpshooter. If somebody puts a sharpshooter on now in 2022, people still react to that move. Still um, a finish. Exactly. Still, and as, still as it like should be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like, it's definitely, uh, yeah, one of those. Mm. Uh, Jinder goes on then to cut a promo in what I'll refer to as his native tongue, shall we say, even though he's actually Canadian. But what, um, also, <laughs> he goes on to cut a promo in his native tongue and then finishes off with, with some English as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, this is a side of sorry. This is a side of datedness that I, I kind of it's very up and down for me as to how it's done, as to how I how I accept it because it's obviously playing the race card to a degree, but yeah. also there's so many occasions in wrestling's past, rightly or wrongly, that this has worked. Mm-hmm. It's talking about you know the camel clutch being timeless, USA, USA still works mm. and as much as like the race thing can be done in bad taste if i don't know gloucester rugby are playing bath you're still going to cheer gloucester rugby because you're from around here despite the fact that none of the players are actually from gloucester no, yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's what it re- it's very much what it represents and you can yeah. still have i think you can still have a foreign heel and play up to the idea that no someone's just not from here because we've still got so long as we still have lines on a map that determine you, you are from here and you are from there. And that means you're different. You know, you can still have some sort of friction there. Mm. It's just, you can't necessarily go quite so overboard with uh, some of the yeah. stuff that shall we say is in poor taste. Yeah. In, yeah. I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. um, following this, we have Leo Kruger. Leo Kruger. Yeah. Now, when this popped, I thought, I recognize the name, Leo Kruger. And I looked at the guy, and I thought, I recognize him too. And I was just about to Google it, but it just suddenly twigged. That's Adam Rose. It is Adam Rose. It's a big, blown-up version of Adam Rose. Yeah. And he, he cuts this kind of little promo at the end of his, his video package. I like a massive kick out of this. He talks about being from South Africa. And in South Africa, he's a big deal. He's famous. He's, he's this, that, the other. He's a, he's, a, he's a megastar there, apparently. And he's like, so yeah, I'm coming to NXT. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, that, the other, whatever he sort of got into. But the one big bit that stuck to stuck with me was at the end of the promo when he just went, "Tata." He I, did. I he went <laughs> yeah, he I did. enjoyed he that. Tata. It was tremendous. Um, I really enjoyed um, Leo Kruger. I really enjoyed Jinder Mahal. I didn't enjoy the fact they were back to back because it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And um, with even down to. I suppose the entrances as well. They've got music that is kind of uh, uh, aimed or angled at being 
of that gimmick, which is the right it's, way to do it, of course. And it's it's heat getting music. Yes. It? Yes. It's heat and getting music. They're dressed in an appropriate way for what they're trying to achieve. But mm-hmm. even the way they walk to the ring, even the way they sort of saunter down the entrance way in that slow, almost deliberate kind of arrogant it, it, kind of it, fashion. It's very much the same gimmick, just yes. from somewhere different. That's the that's the thing that like again not bothers me but it doesn't seem like it was the best way to put the thing together because mm. it's very much his you know indian aristocracy in jinder mahal his south african aristocracy in leo kruger we're doing the same thing yeah you could it's have a running order issue isn't it, i suppose yeah you could have put them as a tag team and it would have made sense oh yeah what an idea well it, it would have worked i'm not saying they should or they shouldn't but it would have worked Mm, yeah okay yeah okay and then then the inevitable split you know you get mm-hmm. a baby face out of one of them and can tour that country all of a sudden i don't know i don't know <laughs> uh leo kruger is facing somebody who i recognized again though in aiden english who goes on to be part yes. of the Ford villains and mm-hmm. again we get that kind of semi squash super quick match get one guy over aspect that is part of this early era of NXT, don't we? Because Aiden English doesn't really do anything. Not as I recall. He gets beaten pretty soundly. Mm. And yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't recall him getting much of anything in actually. Well, he misses a drop kick and then mm. Kruger just basically beats the crap out of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically, oh, yeah, it's basically the structure of the match. That was another, um, Another gripe, right? In in the even like the way that the cutoffs were the sim were similar, and it was like miss a drop kick, splat. Yeah, yeah, good you point. Know, literally copy paste it. Mm, yeah, and it's by yeah. submission again. The victory. It's a uh, mm-hmm. sleeper with a body scissors. Jim Ross describes it as here uh, to sure. get a very very quick tap out by mm-hmm. uh, uh, well for Kruger by Aiden English. And then we get told Richie Steamboat is up next. Yeah. He's not up next. But he's not up next, is he? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So we have the Ascension, but not as we know them. <laughs> but not as we know them. <laughs> Against the Usos, who I remember this era of the Usos because they go on to have the face paint on and have the fun and the paint so called gimmick and all that sort of stuff. And the, mm-hmm. the tribal kind of, um, is it a hacker? They call it at the top of the I'm ramp. Sure that's, a, that's a hacker. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing that stands out to me though, is that the Usos look so weird because they're not covered in tattoos. They look really plain. Yeah. I can uh, see that again. It's, um, it's very much a, you look at, 2012 usos and you look at 2022 usos and it's very different mm. in in not only in the way they look but also their role within the company oh yes and uh you know again book this match now the ending's very different <laughs> yeah oh I, I, see again it's one of those things where i suppose i need to place myself in 2012 to understand fully but i'm looking at it for the first time here and I'm thinking, okay, the Ascension, they're obviously pushing a great deal. They've got the video packages, the entrance, and all this. The mm-hmm. Usos, I know, are a big deal. They're, they're the Usos, for crying out loud. Mm. I was like, so I don't really know who's going to win. It's obvious the Ascension is going to win when you look at it with 2012 eyes. But I'm yeah. watching, and I'm really unsure as to which way they were going. And, I mean, I'll ask, I mean, tag wrestling is something you've done a huge amount of in your time in the ring. Done a fair bit. Yeah, how how did you find this as a, as a tag match? It's, it's middle of a TV show tag match, but at the same time, it's two teams that have relatively decent name value for this time, don't they? Yeah, it's, I mean, again, the, with the Ascension, it's definitely, you know, they are on the Ascent. Um, and I was, I was surprised that they pulled the trigger on such a not a big match, but like a match against names in the Usos. So early, um, talking about things that are a little bit poor taste really quick. Um, Hmm. The whole Samoans have hard heads. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, maybe you can get away with it because it, 
because um you know rikishi's their dad and he did that so maybe you can squeeze it by that away um in terms of the fact that they did do it though i think it's it's good for the ascension i don't think it necessarily hurts the usos yeah. because again it, it i again it's one of those where i feel like it makes the ascension look good as opposed to making the usos look bad because yeah. it was competitive they didn't just roll over um they did have that god awful finish again though which can go yeah go away. that that won then the match ultimately didn't it but uh i really yeah. enjoyed seeing the usos like this because yeah they're, they're so prominent now with rings uh, and so on and the the gear they wear now and the tattoos and all that sort of stuff i really enjoyed seeing the usos in this role uh mm-hmm. after this we do get well we get victor from the ascension but not quite yet and <laughs> and he now we are going to see richie steamboat now I think this is the very first time i have seen richie steamboat wrestle uh-huh i don't How think i've you... ever seen him before no again i think he's uh very much a guy that he was touted as gonna be a big deal and fell by the wayside fairly quickly I, i'm again i'm not certain i'm pretty sure he got hurt Okay. Um, my thing with Richie Steamboat is in like an NXT field of like third and second generation wrestlers. He is the one guy who I'd say his gimmick is that he's Ricky Steamboat's kid. Mm. But I think it's kind of unavoidable because he just looks so like him. Yeah, there's the clip, isn't there? In the little sort of video package that we've had on this episode of NXT. And it shows him standing up at his dad's Hall of Fame speech. Mm-hmm. And that moment, right? I mean, obviously, we see the guy wrestle and so on uh, yeah. on the show. But that moment there, where he's in the suit and he stands up, my God, does he look like his dad? Just the spit of him. I remember watching, like, you watch the match and he sells like, and, like his facials are the mm-hmm. same. And I imagine there's a little bit of, you know, daddy's helping him yeah. with, you know, training, but also just, you know, it helps that he has the same face. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And we'd also get the. I suppose the throwbacks to, to prime, you know, top of his game, Ricky Steamboat, because the mm-hmm. arm drags are a plenty, aren't they? And they oh. are bloody good. They are bloody they are, good. There's some very nice. To be fair, NXT so far, they've got some good, some good arm dragon action. Whoever's teaching yeah. the arm drags, they're doing good. But Rick, Richie, I'd say, not unsurprisingly, like excels at them. They're very good. Yeah. <laughs> now his dad, obviously won a world title in the 80s won the intercontinental championship at wrestlemania 3 so we're talking 87 89 all that sort of it so it's a way back mm-hmm. his finish was a crossbody from the top rope mm-hmm. his son here is using a sling blade as his finish now i yeah. did not for a second expect that to be a three count now that may be a hang up on my part but when he hit that move it felt like he was going to go on to do something else but all of a sudden, I looked down to make a note, look back up, and the match was over. Mm-hmm. I, I also think it was the way that that match was structured because they didn't give Rick Victor much no. in terms of it was, as I recall, it was arm drag, keep the hold, um, reverse a slam. Like, I think Rick Victor gives him like the one shot, he slips a slam, ducks a clothesline, and he's straight into like his comeback. And they're yes. like, well, he's not, he's not done anything, the poor boy. <laughs> and immediately he's like firing and murdering him with shots. And then, as you say, does the sling blade. And to be honest, it wasn't the crispest looking sling blade. No. I, to be honest, I, I don't know if Tanahashi was doing a sling blade at that point. It may have been the first person to do it. I, I've always thought the move's kind of a little counterintuitive anyway. Okay. Um, and, I've, and I've had to take them. So I'm like, so I just stand here for a minute and then I fall over. Mm-hmm. But that's just a personal gripe. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, um, it was what it was. I, I could have just as easily seen him do a big flying crossbody or something yeah. entirely different. Maybe do the double chicken wing that uh, yes. his dad did for a bit. Also, that's a fair point is it's not the first time you've seen Richie Steamboat because he was, you know, Ricky carried him. Oh, oh yes, the little kid yeah. with the dragon. Yeah, that's yeah, true. there he is. First city actually wrestle. Then there we go. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> As a grown up, also. <laughs> uh, 
our next match is the debuting Cesaro, and he is facing a guy called Dante Dash. Now, I looked up Dante Dash. Don't know a great deal about him. Yeah, didn't have a mu- didn't have much on him when I did the same. I googled him and nah. And the only thing I say is that Cesaro again, it's his NXT debut. It's not his debut because he'd been on SmackDown. Yeah, they were showing clips. Mm-hmm. And we had a few of these like these like raw flashbacks and and so what was going on on Raw and SmackDown that week and all that sort of stuff on on the NXT. All yeah, the, the adverts, didn't we? Do you, do you remember the week last week they uh, fired John Laurinaitis? So yes. the more. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, good riddance to that fella. Uh, but we're getting images of Cesaro on SmackDown with uh, Ascana, I believe is how it's pronounced. Oksana. Oksana, okay. Um, with him talking about how this is her love interest. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, this is this a flashback to something? Or is this, I, I couldn't, didn't quite place that what we were seeing happening on SmackDown on that little clip mm-hmm. was literally in the same timeline that we were getting on NXT, yeah. the show we very were watching, if that makes very sense. Very much a similar timeline. Mm. Cesaro debuted. He stole Oksana from Teddy Long, the dirty dog. Did he really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't remember her at all. I don't remember. I had to look her up, and apparently she was some sort of bodybuilder from Lithuania. Started lifting yeah. weights at 13 years of age, which is pretty incredible. Sounds about right. The, my main thing for her was hell of a fringe. Yes, very true. Yeah, yeah quite quite the fringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dante is a lump, isn't he? I'm looking at the guy and I'm thinking he looks like somebody who would have gone on and done something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Again, I did have a quick look. I didn't see if anything happened to him. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he just got beat up by Cesaro and was like, "Yeah, that's enough." Maybe yeah. we'll see him. Maybe we'll see him for a little while and then be like, "Ah, this is why you went away." Well, I guess time will tell. Yes, exactly. But um, not in this match because in this match he just gets ragged around by Cesaro because obviously. Yeah, and that's something else as well. It really plays into the whole Cesaro is just crazy strong here because Dante, oh, as I mentioned, man. is a lump. But yeah. Cesaro just throws him around like it's a cruiserweight. It's it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Cesaro, he's always been touted as just ridiculously strong. Mm. Um, just a guy who never really got his due. Maybe sort of hopefully coming up now with, you know, and being an AEW. I guess time will tell. Um, but yeah, he's just... He's just bloody brilliant, any. Yeah, I really enjoy Cesaro's work. Absolutely great stuff. Uh, he wins with the neutralizer, and again, it's effectively just another squash, isn't it? It kind of, yeah. it, again, it's yeah. very much a, an old TV format, isn't it? And then we get the the main event of the show, similar to last week, which is the first real sort of competitive match, I guess. Yeah, and we're I'd say so. We're basically told our main event is Derek Bateman versus. Johnny Curtis after Toilet Gate last week. And <laughs> before we get there, we get another Bray Wyatt promo. And oh my God, it's just, I, I know what happens because this is 10 years ago. But yeah, I'm excited. Like, this is the first time I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. And Bray Wyatt's bloody brilliant. So, and and again, this iteration of Bray Wyatt, you, you mentioned the Wyatt family last week and you see in the promo packages, like, oh, there's, that's, there's Luke Harper. Mm starts appearing so oh, they're starting to plant the seeds and i think it was the f- that may have been the first time that they had his actual entrance music in and he just starts see- start sowing the seeds but again it, it just strikes me not in the same way as an 80s vignette to introduce a character but it's the closest thing i can think is it's an 80s yeah. vignette to introduce the character yeah well i don't know if it was this week or last week i mean maybe last week parents have got to stop lying to their kids that one stuck with oh, me too. so good you know, monsters are real they should be yeah. checking under their bed that is chilling yeah yeah so good so good I mean, to our main event though Derek Bateman Johnny Curtis I- I've got to ask what is Johnny Curtis I, I know he's supposed to be yep. the heel of the um of of the situation we've got here but what is he supposed to be? He's got the leather jacket. He's got the kind of slicked hair. He keeps doing funny things with his mouth and his tongue and rubbing himself. But I don't quite understand what he's trying to achieve. 
Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's got um, Let's Get Weird on the back of his trunk, so... Yeah. Maybe okay. that's a... Well, he, he did get weird, fair play to him. Got weird. He did. Uh, um, Bateman, however, it's quite obvious who he is. He's just a guy mm-hmm. with curly hair that we're getting told we should cheer for. Again, like the the one of the main takeaways from Bateman was he comes across as genuinely likable, which when you look at it from 2022 eyes of how divisive a character EC3 is, especially with yeah. his whole control your narrative stuff and how people like the vocal, uh, oh, the, internet, the internet wrestling community. Yes. How, yeah, they just don't like him, but uh-huh. he seems like such a nice boy. He shakes the, shakes the little person's hand and, you know, just strikes me as just such a nice fella. And mm. it's interesting that he's gone on to make such a name for himself being such a bastard. Yeah. Yeah. And in, again, in, in TNA, I thought I, I really enjoyed him, but yeah. it is, it is funny how things change. Funny how things change. I mean, speaking of things changing, obviously we've got Johnny Curtis here. who goes on to be Fandango. The ring mm. announcer is Summer Rae, who ends up being his kind of dance partner, I suppose, when he, when he is the Fandango gimmick, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm not certain. I think the week before, maybe earlier in the episode, Alicia Fox was also the uh, announcer and she winds up doing the same. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Small world. Um, this match, I suppose, doesn't really, it doesn't fit into the bracket of what we've seen already with regards to being that kind of squash style to it. But at the same time, it doesn't go as far as to be the competitive main event that we had last week. It it doesn't get out the blocks, does it? It doesn't really have time. It sits in the middle a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Um, There's again, all the work seemed really solid. I thought Mm -hmm. it was it was fine. It just didn't have time to get going. Dango starts uh, working in on Bateman's leg. Remember the one thing that stuck out is he did a dragon screw, but he did it backwards, which I'd never seen before, and I don't think I'll see since. But it, I liked it. Yeah, um, steal that. Yeah, <laughs> next um, match. <laughs> yeah, next match. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, works his leg a bit, gets reversed. Bateman hits his finish. That was it, and I think it was like yeah. maybe four minutes. Yeah, I mean. Does it seem worth the whole toilet skit last week for that? <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe they went, well, based on the performance that you gave last week, you're getting four minutes. Go away. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We Like you said, we do get like a spinning toe hold and, and stuff like this. But like, the finish does just come out of nowhere. And it's, I think they, they called it a DBD because it's a reverse DDT or something. Yeah, maybe. I thought it was a DVD. D- okay, right, yeah. Which, Maybe were, were they were they were they a big were they big in 2012? I I don't know. I, I wouldn't have said so. I mean, okay. they they were the accepted uh, <laughs> they were the accepted form of media. But yeah, yeah. I've still got I, I don't know. I've still got a VHS player in my house, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I've still got one as well. So you know, okay, I'm not I'm not the guy either. But I mean, that again is basically the end of the episode. We get a bit of information about next week. We're told the debut of Cassius Ono is coming next week. Mm-hmm. And and this is something that stood out to me purely because I didn't realize the absence in the first two episodes we've seen. We get told we're going to see some of the women of NXT next week. Yeah, they, they've not been about yet, have they? No. And, the, and that really sort of made me go, oh, yeah, we haven't had a women's match yet. But I didn't think of it until they literally put it in front of me. Yeah. Also interesting that they, I mean, not yet, but they will still be considered divas, which sounds very, very antiquated now, doesn't it? Dated her. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Ah, So there we go then. That's our second episode of NXT done and dusted. Mm -hmm. Our our ratings, I guess, our good and our bad points, our glorious and our softs. You're soft, you're slap. Uh, what do you want to put forward first this week, Joshua? I, I'll do my glorious first because it's, I really struggled, actually. Mm. I think my glorious was 
the Usos and Ascension. I really okay. enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that they, I, I mean, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the idea that they pushed the Ascension enough, that they believed in them enough that it's like, okay, we're going to make you a thing and we're going to put you over some established talent in order to solidify that. Because as you said before, you can beat like no names all day long, but who have you beat? Mm. So at some point you do have to give people credible wins. And I think that's what they did. Um, with the soft, actually for me, and it might be because I was expecting more is Seth Rollins. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, ju- and again, it's because I expected more. It re- the whole thing really fell flat for me. It was a bit of wrestling. They hit each other for a bit and then Rollins did his finish and that was it. And then he had his little promo and said nothing. And yeah, considering where Rollins is now, like it really fell flat for me. Ah, see, now this is going to be interesting because my glorious is Seth Rollins. Ah, okay. Because I got a big kick out of seeing him in this very, very early format with the hair and the bright colors and so on. And then still seeing him do the stomp, but obviously not as fine tuned as we get now, but Mm -hmm. it made me think, okay, I've seen a tiny snippet there. I want more. That's kind of how I I took it. So that's really interesting. How you sort of, we got contrasting opinions from the same, from the same match. That's fair. Cause I think if I looked at it, not in context without Mm -hmm. like thinking of the body of work that Seth Rollins will go on to do, it's it's good. It's a, again. I wouldn't say there was anything wrong with anything Rollins did. I think it was more to do with okay. Here's how long you've got. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um. I think he just needed a bit more time to do a few more things. Again, this if this is his coming out party. But then at the same time, maybe you do want to hold a few things back. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, yeah. Uh, my soft this week was just the show in general. There was just a feeling of it not being as important. Yeah. Again, I think it's a very, it's a difficult thing to do because they are coming in completely flat for the most part. Mm. And I think you do need to establish your names before you really get going. And I think that's what they're doing. And to, to their credit, I think that they're doing that. I think, you know, I think the Ascension are definitely a team that they're pushing. I, you can see Steamboat and Rollins and then, you know, Cesaro, basically all the yep. guys who won <laughs> for the most yeah. part. You can see like, <laughs> they're going to matter. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. So then hit miss or middle, bud. Um, I think as much as I want to give it a miss, I'm going to give it a middle in terms of benefit of the doubt. Okay. And then say, okay, let's see next week. Yeah. For me, it's a, it's a very low end middle. Sure. It, there's enough there for me to not go, Oh, this sucks. I'd never watch it again. It was very, but there were moments that took it above that. I mean, seeing Cesaro's debut, seeing uh, Seth Rollins debut mm-hmm. and, you know, just those little moments that took it a bit. Uh, and I said, the tag match I quite enjoyed as well. So sure. there was enough there for it to not be a not be a miss, but it's a low end middle for me. I I think if that main event had a bit more substance, then it yeah. might have done it for me. Because again, very much the last week, it was very much a similar format, but you had a much more competitive main. Yeah, and so it was it was like I I went away from it going, oh that was, yeah, that was good. So maybe, and this would be with hindsight being twenty twenty, you put that tag match at the end and make a bigger deal of the Ascension knocking off the Usos, maybe uh, okay. I'd have rated it a little higher, but you didn't, that's so you suck. That's a really stuck. good point, yeah. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, okay. Well, hopefully, we'll see a little bit more next week when we get to see the ladies wrestle and Cassius Ono for the first time. And no doubt, we're going to see the Ascension again, I expect, and so on. But we'll see when we get round to it next week. But before we go, Joshua, my friend, do you want to let people know whereabouts they can find you online or whereabouts they can come and watch you do a bit of the wrestling? Um. Well, as, as we said last week, I try and, I'm kind of 
hiding away on social media. But if you want to find me uh, with a bit of the wrestling, um, there's uh, uh, wrestling at EVM pretty soon. That's a thing. Fine company. Also Exposure Pro Wrestling. You find me there. Probably a few other places when this actually comes out. Again, it's it's uh, different <laughs> no, because we're, we're probably mean. a few minutes, a few months in the past. I know what you mean. Well, I'll I'll, I'll share everything that you're attached to and so on on the social media accounts anyway. And you can find this show on Twitter at NXT underscore Rise and Fall. That's at NXT underscore Rise and Fall. And that is obviously part of the SJP World Media Network. And you can find that on Facebook and Twitter at SJP World Media. And you can go onto the main feed there and pick up this week's show of NXT Rise and Fall and all the other shows that are on the network as well. If you've enjoyed this, Nitro Nights is a very similar format looking at WCW. Or we have Chain Wrestling, which is a bit more of a light-hearted kind of, just me and mate of mine being idiots, basically. But (laughs) we then have people looking at Doctor who we have all sorts we've we got a couple of people in the states reviewing weekly wwe the, if the modern product is something you're interested in or even if it's something you're not if you don't want to watch it but you kind of want to keep dip your toe in and see what's going on we've got a couple of people reviewing that every week they watch so you don't have to effectively that, that seems like a really good thing yeah that's a, that's a public <laughs> that a public service they are doing there we go yeah that's benny mac from in the corner doing that and also regularly scheduled hostilities with yvonne josh and chuck from the states but you can get all these shows they've all got their own channels on the on the network as well but all the new episodes get on the main sjp world media feed and this show once again at nxt underscore rise and fall on twitter there we go then two weeks in two weeks in Next week, oh. Cassia Sono. Well, we've had a good show and we've had a bad show. Let's see what happens on the next show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I've had a blast again, Josh. I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Thanks, mate. See you later. And to everyone else, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>